0: Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships, and this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners, so I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Video is increasingly becoming a must-do rather than a should-do in business, and understandably, It's a scary area for many entrepreneurs. This week on the show, I have a true blue expert to help allay your video concerns and help you build confidence in the space with solid, actionable advice. Described by her clients as a video ninja, Rebecca Saunders is a sought-after video expert who works with business leaders, course creators, and speakers to ensure they make their impact on the world with video. She has built a global production company, has a purpose-built film studio in Sydney, and has a selection of online courses, including her signature program, The Video Academy, to help make our video journeys just that little bit easier. In this nugget-packed conversation, Rebecca shares her COVID boom story of going from zero to seven figures in one year, and what it required of her to navigate that level of growth the biggest gaps for business owners when it comes to video, her advice to those who hate seeing or hearing themselves on video, and I know there are a lot of you out there who feel like that, the bare bones kit she recommends to get started with video yourself, so camera, lighting, mic, plus her genius lighting tip. I've been using this since she shared it with me in our interview. How to know a space is great to record in and when it is not when we should invest in professional help, and also her tips on finding a rock star videographer. Let's jump in to my conversation with Rebecca Saunders. Hello, Beck. Welcome to The Bold Darling Show. Thanks for having me on the show, Lorraine. I'm super
1: excited to be here.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I was, we were just talking before we started recording. You've got a really exciting day because you're getting the keys to your country mansion tomorrow. I have.
1: It's very exciting. So the removalists are here as we speak. The puppy, the husband, the removalists are all doing their thing, and I'm doing this with you. I think so I've got quiet. the better. I'm
0: so impressed in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so just to explain to listeners. So what's the plan? So you're headquartered in Sydney at the moment. You bought this beautiful property out in, out in the country.
1: Yeah. So it's always been a dream to live out in the country and have a country place. And so the dream now is we've got the Sydney pad, and we're going to keep that. And we've got the country house, and so I'll be switching between the two because the studio is in Sydney, isn't going anywhere. Um, so I'll be definitely be spending my time between the two which is super exciting oh
0: so beautiful just that that balance and I really love the idea of having that separation that you're going to have because you can almost channel different parts of you in each area like different parts of you as a business owner and obviously as a you know, privately as an individual as well but Completely. yeah I can imagine your country would maybe be more creative a bit slower a bit more almost like more feminine energy whereas maybe Sydney will be more of the the hustle and bustle and the, the, the work that's and exactly the what I'm going for yeah? You've nice yeah I love it yeah.
1: Very much so. So I've got a uh, nice big house to get my teeth into to decorate and get sorted. And the offices has to be number one, I think yeah nice yeah just have your base
0: oh well thank yeah. you so much for coming on particularly on a, on a very busy day like a, a very full day like you're having today
1: pleasure that's the beauty of running our own shows right we can Plex. do whatever we want what do we yeah. want
0: <laughs> i'm just waiting for a removalist or a puppy to bump in burst in in a second but it's got the do not say, disturb on the door on the oh, outside has it, like, on, on air we need like flashing lights on air so yeah. tell us beck so you you describe yourself as the video ninja can I you do. first of all explain what a video ninja is and then how you became to be one please yeah. Well, I'm going to flip that.
1: I um, got that name from one of my clients. And so he was calling me like a, your a total video ninja, like you've got a ninja team, like this is, you know, all that happens. And really the nuts and bolts of that is we, as production people, we come in, understand, get the job done, get out of your hair and it's easy and it's stress-free. And so For our big corporate clients, that's really great for them because they can just know that they hand the job over and it gets done and we're minimal impact on, say, their client locations or their office locations. And so it just stuck. Um, And I think I, I like it. Everyone that knows me and my team know we are those people that have high quality and fast turnaround and we're in, we're out and the job's done.
0: So, Yeah. Can you, could you ask of anything more from video for a video supplier? That's that's gold. I know. So right? where, so you're obviously from the UK. Can you give us a, a quick snapshot as to how you landed doing this as well? So what, how, did you, how did you come to be such a pro in video?
1: Yeah. Okay. This is a this is a weird one. I don't know if you know this story either. So I don't. Um, in 2012, I had a dream and a vision, and I just wanted to make it a reality to come and live in Australia. Um, there was something about Sydney that I just I just wanted to live in Australia, live in Sydney. And so I booked a one-way ticket and decided I would figure it out. And so I was on a working holiday visa and came here. I was working in little dog parks, little cafes, you know, all around the place, just as you do as as a backpacker, like trying to find the work. And I was in this networking event and I was talking with a couple of videographers who were really amazing at their craft and their creativity but the conversations that they were having was very much around the client comms and the understanding of the client the project like how that would work how um they struggle with their invoicing and and how you know all the stuff that as business owners we are like right now go oh yeah that that's normal business stuff but as creatives they 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 didn't quite fully understand how to get out of their fun zone really like and make money from it as a business. And so I joined forces with a couple of them and went, well, I can do that. I can be the business head. And so I built my first company, so still the same company, but the first brand, Daily Agency, to sponsor myself to stay in the country. And so that's brilliant. I I I don't film and edit on the really big cameras. I teach it on the smaller equipment, um, which I know we'll get to later. But I sponsored myself to stay here, so I've paid myself and my team from day one. Um, it was it was a means to an ends, and becoming the video ninja off the back of that and being in this industry for ten years makes me go, oh well, it, it was a good thing to fall into. Like the demand for video is still pretty high. I, I you know
0: bet correctly on that one. <laughs> And you brought me very neatly onto something I wanted to talk to you about. So COVID, can you can you just explain where you were before COVID in terms of with the business and how you felt it was going?
1: Yeah. So for me pre-COVID, so the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I was kind of done. I was I was done. I was over it. I was tired and I'm gonna say burnt out because I was constantly striving to at the forefront of people's minds and keep that consistency going. And the reason for that in my industry was very much around everyone has a mobile phone that has the ability to, to make video. You know, you can walk into JB Hi-Fi, click a button on Amazon and have cameras and lighting and equipment delivered to you. And students out of uni or friends of friends can pick up a camera and go, I'll make that for you. Mm-hmm. And that became really, really difficult for us as professionals and it wasn't just me in the industry that was feeling that way people that have it as their craft were really struggling around that time with not being able to get the the fees and the amounts that they were used to because there were so many people coming in new and doing it so much cheaper and I so I actually
0: remember that exact experience so as you know my first business was an influencer marketing agency so it was the first agency of its kind in Australia and when I started it, we had this kind of we had this exclusive group of talent that we represented, and we charged a premium for their work and all of the things. And then the space started to become really commoditized. And there was people yeah. coming in offering what our influences we would have charged, you know, thousands of dollars for for like $50, $60, or even doing it for free. And right. it becomes really, really difficult to operate in that in that market. So I fully, fully empathize. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where we were. And and I remember sitting down with my team
1: pre-COVID and I went. I can't do it, guys. I, I just I am struggling for the first time in a you know eight years. I'm paying you guys before I'm paying me. And I'm struggling with this to make it work. And I laid it all bare on the table and said, I'm gonna have to close the doors on our current way of working. And that was how I phrased it: on our current way of working. And I said, I will keep the business running. And the work is yours when I get it, but it's gonna to have to be a freelance basis mm. and not a staff basis. I just can't keep it as employees, you know, and, and payroll. So and when was this
0: conversation? Literally end
1: of February 2020. <laughs> I had that conversation. And then February 2020. And then the ripples of COVID started. Yeah. And my team fully understood where I was coming from. They had my back. I could not have asked for more support in them as a team, and so when COVID started, we kind of had this balance of, well, let's only do the work in the freelance section, but I'm not going to stop payroll because I don't know what's happening here because of all the government grants, and so we kind of did this balancing. You're kind
0: of in this in between zone, yeah,
1: right? Because you know, I wanted to make sure that they were okay, I wanted to make sure that we were okay, and we did that balancing act and sort of balanced that way for a few months, just in, you know, for, for, to ensure that they were financially secure, that as much as I could as an employer without being, and yeah, anyway, that's how we managed it. And then my phone just started to ring and ring and ring. And the emails came in and I opened up my calendar to 15 minute, what I called video clarity calls in terms of We were a decade ahead of making videos, doing virtual, making it look good, making it sound good. And so that almost a decade of positioning meant I was at the forefront of people's minds when push came to shove and, you know, it was hitting the fan and that was amazing. And we went from almost closing the doors to hitting seven figures in 2020.
0: It's amazing. Amazing. So tell me, what was driving that demand? Was it people like me who wanted to create online programs? Was it live streaming conferences? Like where, where was that coming from? We we had a bit of a 50-50 split. So a lot of our work that year,
1: the big work was corporate clients, conferences, turning them completely virtual yeah. and working with them to make that virtual. And the fact that we had the studio space, Lorraine, meant that we had a space that was safe and we could stay open, because mm-hmm. we were considered data services. So in our industry, if you were live streaming people, you were considered, you know, essential services. But if you were just a videographer, you weren't.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So we were able to keep the studio open. So we the were studio the-
0: was the tipping point. If you didn't have the studio, oh. you actually wouldn't have been able
1: to. I think uh, I, would
0: I, I, I can imagine you yeah. like 2021. Or, or sorry. Yeah, twenty. No, early like early on that year in 2020, you must have been thinking the studio is like it's a it's a liability. It's so expensive. Right. We're not utilizing it, and then that actually turned out to be the thing that really saved you. Wow. Completely. If we didn't have
1: that space, wow. yeah, we wouldn't have story. done what we've done. And so you we did all those conferences, but then you know, like yourself, you just said. People making online courses that in now. So many
0: people had to pivot digitally, didn't they? It was amazing. A lot of our work. We helped a lot of
1: speakers and uh, creators set up their own home studios. So there's sort of a a program that was a couple of sessions long that enabled them to film and create their studio at home with a little bit of help from my team technically, which worked really well. Um, But my ethos, and if you follow me online or, or see any of the stuff that I write is all about not having cookie cutter content. And so it's not churn and burn for us. It it was very, very clear from the get-go of all of our work that I didn't want it to have a stamp of me on any of the work that we do. But I also wanted every single client to have their own stamp on the way that their content looked. So no courses ever looked the same. No videos ever looked the same. No conferences ever looked the same. And that, for me, is the magic sauce that we can deliver.
0: That's amazing. I love that. Because really, if you if you support people and, and give them the infrastructure and the tools and the knowledge that they need in order to bring themselves to life on video, mm. that's that's perfect because every everyone is so unique that whatever they create is going to be so unique. You're you're coming in with, with, with the expertise. Yeah. 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 It's gold. So what do you see if if we're given that this show is, is mostly most, most of our listeners are, are business owners. Yeah. What do you see as the biggest gaps for business owners, specifically business owners, when it comes to video? Because it's a really the, scary space, I think, for a lot of people. Right. Yeah.
1: I think the biggest the biggest gap isn't going to be in the actual creation of the video. It's in that piece of, do I
0: want to do it? Like, is it yes. okay? Yes. You're so hologram? right. I was like, hoping you'd say that.
1: Yeah. Do I? You know, I don't want to be the face Imposter of it. Imposter syndrome or, central. Right, and it's one of those things that. um as a business, if you're not making some form of video, you've got a problem. And the reason for that now very much so is social media platforms are just thriving on it, right? Like they are pushing that content up in the streams, you know, static content really isn't having the showfront as it used mm-hmm. to on any of these social platforms. So if you're not creating it, I think it's one of those things that you're no longer really playing the game in that social marketing sphere, which is really quite scary. So I think also that some people go, um, but I don't want to be the face of the video content. And so they just sort of put it to one side or get into a little bit of a funnel where they're always chasing their tail in the creation of content. And that can trip a lot of people up. So there's three things that people trip people up. Number one is constantly feeling like they're having to chase their tail and create more and more and more yeah, and more and more. Yeah. The next is they hate what they look like or what they sound like.
0: Yeah, i will um, about that today. Yep. Yeah,
1: and you know, the third one is they go, well, what, what am I going to talk about? You know, I, yeah, that's great, but I don't want, I don't want to jump on camera. I don't want people to see the inside of my house. I don't want them to see, you know, the in the inner workings of my life and my family. Um, you know, not not everyone wants to show up on social media like you and I show up. Mm. You know, and that's okay. But they put themselves in a box that goes, "Well, I can't do that." Yeah, I'm Almost comparing like rule myself to out.
0: it. Yeah. That yeah, makes total sense. So, can we just jump to the biggest one? <laughs> this is funny because this is actually my next talking point for us to talk <laughs> about. I know for me, doing the work in the community that we are building and working so closely with female business owners. Mm when it comes to creating that first Insta reel or that first online program or even being on like an online masterclass, it puts the willies up people like nothing I've ever seen before. I've just been mm. on a an 18-month journey with, with one of my mentees around like getting to the place where she's just created her first online program and that's been a really, really big deal. Wow. So I think, can we just explore what is the fear? I know I, I, what I see is people saying, I hate how I look. I hate how I sound. I feel like I'm really awkward. Like, what are the other blocks? Can we just kind of get them all on the table? So so we can unpack them. They're the really big ones. Yeah, they're the really, really big ones.
1: And then you've got the other ones of I don't want people to look at me like I'm stupid.
0: Yes, you know, I yeah. don't
1: want. I don't want to be cr- criticised for this, and I don't want it to. You know, I don't want um, trolls and stuff on this content. I don't want to be ripped apart for what I'm talking about yeah. or what I look like or what I sound like. So you've got all yeah. of these things going on in your head, and the reality of it really is no one genuinely likes the sound of their own voice Mm. or the way that they really look on camera. You know, it's one of those things I know for me, if I look at myself, go, Oh, well, sometimes your right eye goes above your left eye and you've got that. And I look at it and go, Oh, well, let's just put it out. Uh, Okay. Well, that's just, that's just me. And then I've noticed my mouth moves in certain ways, or I'm such a hand talker. And I look at it and go, I talk so much with my hands that if it's on video and the other person doesn't, doesn't move, yeah. you know, because I'm not a hand talker, I'm like, does that make me look a little bit crazy like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. in my head all the time as well. You know, it's, yeah. it's normal, but I think if you can get over, um, if you can understand that and let yourself off the hook, you're onto a winner because mm. I, I sort of describe it as like recording your voicemail message. You know, when you record that, hi, this is Rebecca, can't take it, and you listen back to it and you go, oh, okay, it'll do. Like Do the same thing with your video content, you know? You're an expert in your industry, you're an expert in what you do, you're just talking to a camera instead of talking to a person. And so just negate all of that self-critique by recording it and sending it to someone else to do the rest, you know, unless you really, really, really stuff that stuff up, as in, you've tried to say the same thing a dozen times and you've got yourself in knots, walk away, take a breather, come back. But once you've got the content done, um, send it to a VA, send -hmm. it to someone else who's going to put it out on social media and just don't look at it. Yeah, yeah. For five years, I didn't look uh, any of my content back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A tip that I give to my mentees, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well is just if if they're working towards creating an online program one day or or just getting their face out there. I've got, A lot of people in bell Darling who are, they're kind of very behind the scenes in their own businesses. Mm -hmm. So if you land on their Instagram, you would never see the actual founder. Whereas, yeah, I'm I'm very much about encouraging people to kind of step out from behind the scenes of their own businesses, because I really do believe we are our own best marketing strategy. So when we are happy to get out there and. You know, as scary as it is, we're just we're more visible, and then the halo impact on our on our our businesses is is huge. Hmm. But something I really suggest to do is, is get on insta stories, just get comfortable talking to people and posting it because at the end of the day, an insta story is gone in twenty four hours. if you, if you don't save it to your highlights, it's gone. Yeah. so I think that really takes the pressure off and just get it helps you get comfortable talking I, you, to camera. Do you have any other tips like that?
1: I think for me, the really big thing is it's practice. and no one likes to hear that. It's practice. And so, we, what I see regularly is, is the people trip themselves up with that Comparanitis piece to go, well, my video is not as good as Lorraine's video or yes. Rebecca's video. And so they're comparing their video number one with our video 10,000, right? So, well, if you're in that zone, you're going, well, my videos don't look very good and I'm always umming and ahhing and I'm always stuttering and I haven't really thought that through Scroll back to the beginning of when we started making videos, right? And go and have a look at those. And then you can let yourself off the hook. Like all the good ones, I like to say, leave all of that content on YouTube and online. You can go and find what their video one was and compare your starting point with their starting point. Yeah, Because you you can't compare your starting point with someone that's been doing it for a decade or for five years or for even, you know, six months. And they've been showing up because... It is that practice piece, and stories are the perfect place. Mm -hmm. Stories and just a random live stream, and then just don't save it to the platform.
0: Yeah. Just keep practicing. Yeah. I love that. And just getting comfortable with seeing yourself on screen. Do you have any tips for someone who is maybe about to record their first online program and they're feeling like all the feels around sleep? In a word, imposter syndrome, in two words, that you talked about, like that sense of who the fuck am I to be doing this? Like, yeah. No one's gonna to listen to me. I feel like a dickhead. I look like a dickhead. Because the problem is when you go into recording like this, as you will know, Beck, like you, you, you emanate that. So it's so important for us to get in a really good headspace before we go into doing recording. Do you have any yeah. advice on particularly so recording chunks of content?
1: Prior to recording any content, so I like to always ensure that I've played music beforehand. It gets yes, my energy nice. up. Like so music, dance around, have a lot of fun, do hair and makeup. Um, or, you know, in my case, just the makeup now, um, but make yourself feel good about it, right? Like put on the, put on the underwear that makes you feel good. No one else needs to know, but like you feel good in that session, you know, dress up all the way, like put proper shoes on, get out of gym pants, do all the stuff that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And if you're batch recording that much content specifically for an online course, go get your hair and makeup done. You know, it's a few hundred dollars and it will make you feel a million dollars. Like, absolutely. So that's the filming of it. Um, But one thing prior to that, which I think is really important to to sort of understand and find your groove is, and I talk about be a Sean, don't be a sheep. Yes, yeah. Find your own way of presenting, your own way of being on camera, Don't try and be someone that you're not just to fit in with a mold of whoever you're aspiring to be like online, because as soon as you start to try and emulate someone else's way of presenting, you're going to start tying yourself in knots because that's not the way that you present. Mm. You know, I spoke earlier about my hands. If you're a hand talker, use them. Mm. If you're not a hand talker, don't feel like you have to just because the person that you're watching videos of and love uses their hands all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: finding your own style so that you feel comfortable, so that you're at your most comfortable to do all the recording that you want to do. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. Can I just pass on a tip that I have? Um, Mm. I, I like to, when I'm doing online programs, say, I have so much content that I want to take you through that I, I, I just, I don't want to be stopping and starting. So I really want you to feel like I'm presenting back. You're one of my online program participants. I want you to feel like you're here in a room with me. So I'm just going to talk to you as if I'm here in a room with you. And I, I want you to feel that connection between you and I. And then for me, <laughs> that helps because when I stumble over words or I can't remember a word, like it's, I've almost given myself permission to be that. And I think from a viewer's perspective, it feels like a much more organic experience. and not that of yeah. you know, when you can see when someone has, stopped and edited and then took, I'm so down. so yeah I, re, I, re, I really like doing that it just takes that. the pressure off me nothing else yes
1: it does and you're only human we're all human you know mm-hmm. we we make mistakes we don't talk perfectly in real life so yeah I'm so glad you hit on that because that's sort of one of the the things that I wrap things with is we're human so mm-hmm. if you've stumbled on something it's fine you know, and, and we're um, human, and
0: therefore we connect with other humans by them right? being human. So by us trying yeah. to be this robotic, copycat version of that latest influencer that we're following on Insta, then it's yeah, it it, 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 it loses its
1: yeah. You, you also have that
0: potency in that connection with people
1: completely, and you also want people to feel you online as they feel you in person too. So as long as if, if you're trying to change who you are and, and not be that human side of you, then there's going to be that real disconnect. When and if they do finally meet you in person.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> but you were so polished on video and they're looking at you. You're a total mess in person. Can you imagine he's yeah, right. <laughs> Use all these eloquent words online, but yes. you know, in real life, not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, bit harder to edit yourself in real life, isn't it? So tell oh, us right. Beck. I know you've touched on you kind of teased a few kind of uh, hints around what kind of kit we should have if we're trying to do video really well ourselves. And I want to talk mm. about the professional end of things in a second. But what what kind of is the basic kit if you're saying okay I want to I want to start shooting some video whether it's a course con- course content or a reel or whatever it might be what's the basic kit that people should have do you reckon?
1: So definite basic kit and I've literally got it right there so I will just lean over and grab it for the purpose of the people on your video content. Um, this a little baby tripod is hands down number one because we all have mobile phones. And so if we're creating a reel, we can put it up so we've got a vertical um, and it's steady. If we're creating an online course, we can set it so it's horizontal and it's steady. And I absolutely love this one. And if you're watching this, you'll see what I mean. But if you're listening, the tripod that I get um, is a selfie stick. So it extends. So it means that I don't wander around taking selfies with it. Like I'm not that person. But... (laughs) It does allow me to have it on different heights of tables and benches when I'm in different environments. And so if you're going to invest in anything, that would be number one, because you can use it with all mobile phones.
0: Love that. If you're
1: going to go down the mobile phone route, definitely try and do some form of microphone. So if you've got Bluetooth AirPods or Bluetooth headphones and you can cover them beautifully with your hair, use those. You know, they are fantastic. Um, there are microphones they're close to your face. So use, use those. And the 95% of people already have this stuff in their handbag and are on their desk, you know, so that's perfect. If you don't like, I'm not a huge fan of the cabled headphones, but if that's all you've got, it's better than nothing. And you want to make sure that you are in a room that isn't so echoey. So soft furnishings rather than hard floors or tiled floors. Is always going to be a better place to film. That's with your bare, bare bones. Um, and that's the reason, actually, in the rain I do a lot of stuff from my home office because all I've got is a webcam and I've just lit it correctly with no fancy lights. Right? So right now, um, again, if you're watching the videos, you have see me talk about this online a lot, I've got a webcam and on my big computer screen, I just have Google up on the computer and I pump the lights up really high and it gives me nice, even lights across that my face.
0: That is the best hack. Right. Particularly you know, if you're traveling or something like that and you don't have the whole, I've got a gaming light over me here and I've got the mic here. But if you don't have all that kit, that's a great tip to have your laptop in front of you. That's brilliant. And have it have it up high. Make sure that eye line's right Genius. and just pump the brightness up on a white screen.
1: So as soon as Google changes the color, that's going to be a problem. But right now, Google works. <laughs> right until
0: then. That's great. Yeah. You I, I feel like you and I, our minds are just kind of in sync right now. Because the next question I did want to ask you is how do you know if a space is good to film in? And oh, the reason I want to ask you this is I know I've had my own horrors where I've showed up to a, a room that I've booked to do online program recording, whatever it might be, and it's really tinny, like because you can't really tell mm. on online sites in terms of the pictures of the space is that there's no carpets there's no curtains like you can't it, it, it's very tinny and I had an experience then with a mentee of mine the one who was psyching herself up to start her to do her first online program
1: yeah
0: and she picked this beautiful space and had called got her assistant to call and say just checking it's really quiet and they're like yeah it's really quiet and when she showed up but it was single glazing on a busy road and then on the internal then it was there was no soundproof in between the room and outside which is actually quite a busy corridor and wooden floors so the poor thing she spent the entire day just stressing about okay so no we need to stop no we definitely heard those footsteps okay let's start again so what what are kind of what's your checklist or your criteria for a space you want to film in? do you reckon
1: so this is this is a a hard one and forgive me if I zip in a couple of different ways because when you're looking for a space you do want it to be as soundproof as you can possibly make it. And the majority of places, whether they are co-working spaces, studios for the most part that are good for photography um, and houses, you know, think about houses, everyone will go, yeah, it's pretty quiet, but they don't fully understand what you need from a video perspective. And so if you're looking at booking anything at all, I would always take 15 minutes, half an hour to go and do a recce on that site before you commit to it. Um, Absolutely agree. Because I have. You know what?
0: Tips just killed me in co-working spaces when I book them. And I've even booked them for a Saturday because I'm like, cool, there'll be no one there. Yeah. Fucking air conditioning is so loud and you yeah. can't find where to switch it off. Just stuff like that or so a fridge somewhere, fridge somewhere. Air conditioning, fridges. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, lights when they're automatic. Yes. So if you're sat, still, yes. and all of a sudden the lights go off. Yeah, that's not helpful. By lifts, not helpful at all. Um, you also want to check whether or not um, you're near a busy road, or if there's any roadworks scheduled mm-hmm. around you. I've I've had yes. horrors of people that go, "Well, I booked this space, and then there was roadworks, and so we continued." Um, in Sydney, you don't want to be under a
0: flight path. You yeah. know, now the plane's well, back going. I've been going. under fly path. Oh, my God. I feel like I've ticked every single – either me or one of my <laughs> friends or one of our community has ticked. I had one of my besties booked a space, again, to film her first online program. Beautiful space. It's near where we both live. It's, it's really gorgeous. And But there was a, a house renovation going on across the street, and they chose the very freaking day she had booked to do her, her online program recording yeah, to have – no, the cement truck came, to, like, pour the cement. Yeah. So she sat there for six hours, hair done, makeup done. Videographer, she's paying quite a bit of money to an hour. Oh, so yeah, you, you do do your homework fully. Yeah. Ready.
1: So that's doing your homework on the on the space and the venue, right? And and ask what it, tell them what it is you need and why you need it to be quiet. Because yeah. that door opening and closing may seem quiet to you as a receptionist, but that's going to cause a bang when when I'm talking on camera. So yeah, look at it that way. I think weekends are a great thing to do. Um, the things we've got and, and this is part and parcel of uh, instagram world right is we want it to look beautiful so there are all these beautiful houses and beautiful event spaces um, that look stunning for photography which are terrible for video because they are not um quiet they're not quiet enough as, as a, in general let's just take away all the stuff we just talked about but they're so hard on the surfaces they've got polished concrete floors or they've got hard tables and so you want to you want to be in a space where you can put as much soft furnishings around you as possible to deaden that sound. So think standing on carpet, um, drawing curtains, as you spoke to back before, finding somewhere that you could build a similar set in more of a soundproof space. Um, we're very fortunate that we have the studio as we spoke about before, which is just a blank white canvas and people bring the stuff in that they want to dress behind them. And so whilst it won't have the depth of a huge warehouse or, you know, a glorious beachfront apartment or whatever it is you're going for, you have the ability to control it. And so if you can look at it that way and get in a space where you can control it, you're going to have a much better um, way of filming. I think one thing that people don't do well either, and this isn't on the individuals solely who are wanting to film, it's who they engage to film is if it's not quite right, but they've been they've committed to doing that day with you. I've had some serious horror stories where the videographer's gone through the whole day and hasn't shared any of their concerns, and then the footage hasn't been usable. So you know you've got tinny audio, and they haven't said actually I haven't got the right equipment to do this properly. So but that's, ha- make sure. Thousands, thousands of
0: have, dollars plus the waste of right? time. Oh my gosh!
1: So have that conversation. With your suppliers. And I know that's one of the things you want to talk to me about in terms of bringing on yeah, professionals can, as and when you're to that ready map. to. What, what are your tips on that? Have a conversation with them as to, there's, I've actually got a checklist, Lorraine, that I'll, I'll share with your, your viewers and your listeners. Because I'm so passionate about this being right. Because once it's filmed wrong, it's very hard to fix. Yes, it's yes. It's really hard to fix. And so you want to make sure that your videographer has been doing it for a little bit of time you know, they've (laughs) got, that's not just their first rodeo, Um, that they're not just doing it to help you out and do it on the cheap, because you're going to put yourselves into a whole, whole lot of mess and, uh, you know, tie yourself in knots because you haven't had these conversations. And so the conversations really are, how long have you been doing this for? And have you got the right equipment to do what I'm asking you to do? And then it's, have you filmed in this location? Can you recommend anywhere that we can film that's right for this that you know will be right? And then my favorite ones, the last two are time frames and deadlines. So, okay, we're gonna film this on Monday. When am I gonna get the first version of my footage to look at? And what's your editing process? So the reason I get people to ask that question is because again, horror stories I've heard of. Well, I filmed it in January and we're having this conversation in March. I'm like, okay, did you not ask about when this footage would come back? Because the problem with some freelancers and the small players is they say yes to all the work and then can't deliver it back. You know, it's typical, um, typical small business drama, right? It's it's yeah. t- saying yes to all the things and not being able to properly fulfill it. It's,
0: it's, it's traffic management, isn't it? And then that's the Completely. thing if you're in that full on feast or famine situation is maybe a kind of less experienced operator or also like to be fair, just in very unpredictable times like we've had over the last few years, you just say yes to all the work. And then all of a sudden you've got a lot of work that you need to push through. And the challenge with video is that it, that's why it's so fecking expenses. If it requires someone sitting there editing every single second, every single bit. Yeah. And so when you're having having that conversation,
1: conversation, when you're having that conversation, it's, this is when I'm available to review edits, because if you, mess up their schedule because you're not available to review stuff that's when you're going to get into problems as well so I always like just to say okay well we're going to film on this day I'll have the first draft on this day if you can review by this day then we can do the next bit and so have that conversation because it will keep the time frames flowing and once you've had all those conversations get them to commit to the quote that they're sending you because if they've got all that right, they can quote you accurately. So you're not going to have any hidden. Oh, but that took longer because of X problems when you come to getting your final content. Bill shock. I yeah.
0: call it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it does creep, you know, it, and I think it really does. And because as the business owner, the creator, you're like, oh, it's just two more five minute videos. That's not going to cost that much, but that's, right. it can cost a lot more. Yeah. Or being, yeah. I mean, God, I feel like you and I could talk for hours on this topic. <laughs> or if like you ask for lots of, really tricky animation. And that's something that that that's very, very time consuming if you're trying to do animation. So yeah, just being really clear. Almost like the illness is on us, isn't it? To be really clear with the brief and then to 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 very clearly outline what our expectations are to the supplier we're working with. Yeah,
1: very much so. And you know, you've mentioned animations. Animations are very um complex, as you just said, but they're also a slightly different skill set mm. to your standard anime, uh, to your standard editor. So just keep that in mind when you start to look at all the big fancy stuff again. When, you've, when you're looking at big players in the course industry for example who are spending fifty to a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollars on all the content for their launches you and you've only got five thousand or even two you just need to know that what your two is going to get you versus their a hundred and just have those expectations because that's that can also be a tricky thing as well
0: yeah so any tips on finding a rock star videographer because it does feel like everyone on their mother can say, Hey, I can do video. Can yeah. 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 So I've, um,
1: go to rebecca saunders.com and forward slash checklist. Yeah. And I've I'll got a checklist the show, there thank you, my love. that has all of those questions that I would get you to ask. And I would get you to go and ask five different suppliers, Yes, all the questions, have a look at the previous work and it gives you the ability to do the scorecard and then have the conversation. Um, don't just say yes Maybe. to the first one or the cheapest one. Like yeah. ask those questions
0: and do your due diligence on it. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. How can people work with you? I think you've proven why you're the video ninja of this <laughs> conversation. Yeah, well, I have two How ways you can work with me. Tell us.
1: Um, so, first way you can work with me is you can come and make videos with me, right? If you want to come and make videos and you're like, okay, this all sounds really hard, Rebecca and Lorraine, like you've made it sound easy, but doesn't really feel it. Come make them with me. I film in my studio in Sydney. Got crews across the country, so that's your Um, big fancy get all of us service and if you just want to learn a bit more come and join the video academy it's my own online program that teaches you how to film and edit and create the videos yourself or have your team help you create them as well so you can DIY how easily
0: you deliver that that's brilliant yeah thank thank you. you do you feel like there's anything any kind of burning topics or issue we've missed I feel like this is being a pretty kind of fast and dirty fast and hard one-on-one on video. Do you feel like anything we've missed? That we yeah,
1: should add? I think we've definitely hit the nail on the head with all of that. I think one of the things that are just, if you're going to take away one thing, is just to find your style and the way that you want to do video because that's going to be the thing that makes you succeed completely. It's it's finding that vibe, working out you know how you can make it your own without going against your own personal boundaries, which I think is a big one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to show your family in the inside of your home if you don't want to. Um, and we forget as business owners that what we do every day is really interesting to other people.
0: Yes. So yeah, yeah. And you don't know what, you know,
1: right. Whilst it's really boring to you to almost be on repeat. That's the, that's the, that's the goal. So, um, one thing I actually didn't share at the very beginning, if you're really stuck, write down your 12 frequently asked questions that people ask you all the time and just recycle your way through them. That's like that's one really video a week
0: such a great tip.
1: for yeah. a quarter. And then you just do it all again and just rephrase that question slightly differently. Yeah. right. That's still there. You can still just recycle that content.
0: Yeah, I love that. So yeah. smart. You are brilliant. Thank you so <laughs> much for though. joining us. And You're I'll, I'll see all the links to all your bits and pieces in the show notes and especially that checklist. That sounds like it's going to be a really, really great resource for listeners. So thank you I for am. sharing that with us. You're very, very welcome. Thanks. And for enjoy enjoy you. your country. Your country. <laughs> Thanks, lovely. That's the best time. That was the brilliant video ninja Rebecca Saunders on the show this week. To connect with Rebecca, you can visit her website at RebeccaSaunders.com or find her on Instagram at the Rebecca Saunders. I'll also pop in the show notes the two resources that Rebecca very kindly shared in our conversation as well. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever have to miss an episode. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions and requests for future topics on what I share here on the show. So please do reach out via my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au or connect with me on Instagram at mentor. I would also love if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps even more brilliant listeners like you find the show. Thank you so much again for listening this week.